Thank you, Music Ministry. We sure appreciate the great blessing that you are to the Cleveland Baptist Church. I'd like to encourage you to open your Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel. And I am excited. I'm excited to preach today and grateful for the opportunity. And Daniel, and I think, I think we find, we find in the life of Daniel, I think we find some, uh, some wonderful, uh, very practical um, a help to us in, in, in the day and time that we're, that we're living in. The title of the message that I have is, you know, can we really make a difference for the gospel? Can we really make a difference for the gospel? And um, I think, I think we'll, we'll answer that here in just a second. But in reality, we have a follow-up question is, what, what difference can one person make? What difference can one person make? When we look around our world today, we look around our world and uh, we see what's going on in, in the Middle East and be, we see what's going on in, in Ukraine and Russia. We can, we can be overtaken with a, with a false narrative that somehow God's not able to bring hope into certain regions of the world. We can even look closer to home and be overwhelmed with a culture that's on a fast track away from Christian values and, and think somehow that, that the gospel is, is somehow rendered ineffective. I, we, may, we may be speaking this morning to a believer that maybe they or someone close to them has, has allowed, they've made provision for a sinful stronghold in their life, and, and their life, as it stands now, seems hopeless. It may feel that somehow that all is lost and there is no hope and that, that nothing is going to change. And I believe as we look in God's Word this morning, I believe we can see hope. I, I believe that with all, with all that's in me, with every fiber of my being. I believe there's hope for our present time from the timeless truths of Scripture, specifically in, in, in the story of Daniel as we go through this, we, we see some things uh, that, that, that God can help us with this morning. And, I, and I, so I, so I want to change the title. We, we have it as, you know, can we really make a difference? I believe emphatically that we can really make a difference for the gospel. There's two other people that agree with me. I believe in, well, you haven't heard the message yet. That's why. Hold on, hold on. That's why. I get it. I understand. I haven't, I haven't convinced you yet. That's fine. I got to earn my keep. I get it. All right. I'll accept that challenge but with the help of God. I believe, I believe today, if, if, uh, if, if we'll allow God to speak to our hearts today, I believe we'll walk out of here confidently, be able to say that we can really make a difference. I don't know if that's grammatically correct, that sentence, but I sure like it. We can really make a difference for the gospel. We're still left to explore this question. What difference can one person make? And my, my challenge to you, my appeal to you this morning is a, is a personal appeal. It's not a general appeal to the, to the entire congregation. I want you, I want you this morning to, to listen to what God has for you. I want you to, to allow the Word of God to speak to you the way the Word of God has spoken to my heart and take this message personally. What can I do? What can I do to make a difference for the gospel? God, would you help us this morning as we have a desire to lift up your name and to magnify your name in this place? Lord, we... Uh, as we've already mentioned, we can be so easily, easily overwhelmed and overtaken with the false narratives and, and the lies of the devil that somehow, uh, while things are getting uh, darker around the world, that somehow there's no more hope. We certainly don't believe that to be true. So God, I pray you'd help us as we study the life of Daniel, that you would give us the help that we need today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Daniel's life in many ways resembles uh, the story of Joseph, the life, the life of Joseph. He's, he's taken to a foreign land at a young age against his will. He's, uh, he's uh, shortly thereafter, he's promoted to some type of a leadership position. 
And all the while, he maintains his spiritual integrity. I'm saying all the while, in the midst of a, of a pagan culture, he's able to maintain his spiritual integrity. And we, too, can see some things from the life of Daniel that will be a great help to us. We see, we see God's hand at work, especially in the leadership. And the leadership that Daniel has to influence. And we think of King Nebuchadnezzar and King Darius. How God sovereignly allows things to happen in, 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 their, in, their, in their kingdoms and uses Daniel in a great way, and God receives glory. We're thankful for that. In Daniel's, uh, excuse me, in Daniel chapter 7 through 12, we see a lot of prophetic truth that, that unlocked some of the mysteries that we find in the book of Revelation. In like fashion, Revelation oftentimes helps to unlock some of the mysteries that we see in Daniel. They work in tandem, they work together. This morning, I'd like to bring our focus to the first six chapters of Daniel. We're going we're, we're gonna to go, you know, a uh, uh, helicopter view here and just kind of look uh, through these chapters, and, and I think we'll see an overarching theme that'll be a great help to us as we, as we see Daniel and his three friends. They leave us an example. They leave us a pattern that we could follow on showing us how that we, how that, excuse me, how that I, how that I can make a difference for the gospel. Look with me at Daniel chapter number one. In verse number three, the Bible says here, and the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now look with me in verse number six. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. As we get started this morning, we have to recognize that the stories that we're going to talk about of Daniel and Mishael and Azariah and Hananiah, these are not, uh, they are of a group, okay? They are of a group. There's been a whole group of, of Jewish children that have been taken into captivity, and this had been uh, prophesied in Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we can read about this in 2 Kings, and we can, we can see this in Ezekiel as well. We can see this, this all coming to fruition and all coming together, but I want you to notice, sometimes we look at this and we read, and we think that somehow maybe they were the only ones that, that, that were taken captivity, and they weren't. There were other Jewish children that were taken captivity, but yet somehow these four rose above. Somehow these four, in the midst of the, of the culture, in the midst of the temptation to, to acquiesce to the culture around them, they stood up and they stood out for God. And I think, I think we find some examples of this. I'm going to use a term here, uh, determined, quite a bit this morning. And so by, just by way of introduction, I want to I de, uh, uh, define that word determined. It means ended. It means concluded. I'm, I'm reminded this morning with a broken heart that my Baltimore Orioles team has been determined. It's been ended. There's no, there's no hoping. There's no, well, we know it. Within the next, next series, we got this. No, no, you got to wait till spring, Hoss. It's not going to happen. It's determined. It's over. It's not coming back. It's ended. The season is over. We think about this idea of determined. It means concluded. It means decided. It's fixed. It's settled. It's resolved. It means having a firm or fixed purpose or manifesting a firm resolution as determined by the countenance. You kind of get the idea as you read, as, as, you, as you, we study, we'll see this this morning, we look at the lives of, the, of, these, uh, of Daniel and, and his three friends here, we kind of get the idea that they took Deuteronomy chapter 6 to heart when it says here in verse number 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. 
and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. You kind of get the idea that even though they were taken from captivity, even though they were taken from a place of comfort, a place of ease, a place of, uh, of where, where, where they understood the culture, even though they were taken from, taken from that into captivity, these words never left their heart. This truth from God's word never left their heart, even in the midst of a pagan culture. And you do any kind of studying about the Chaldean culture and, and the, uh, the Babylonian Babylonian uh, uh, culture, it, it's a wicked pagan culture. It really is. And this, this, this Babylonian empire would, would stretch at its peak, would stretch all the way from the Persian Gulf, all the way over to, uh, to, to the uh, Mediterranean Sea. We would see, we would see their dominance. And as they would, as they would come in and dominate, they would, they would oftentimes take, take some of the children and so they can indoctrinate them and, and, and possibly use them to go back on these, on these new settled lands, these new, these new occupied lands. But no matter what's going on around them, God's word seems to, seems to be true in their heart, that the Lord is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Number one here, notice here that Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Look with me in verse number eight of chapter one. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of eunuchs that he might not defile himself. As we think about this idea of Daniel purposing his heart, it just simply means that he, 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 he purposed, he settled it, he determined in his heart he was not going to defile himself. He, he would, while others did, they did not. We, we don't know how many other Jewish children were taken captive with them. We don't know exactly what their numbers are. But no matter what they're doing, Daniel and, and eventually these, his, his three friends here will purpose in their heart that no matter what others do, we are not going to. They were determined, they were determined to trust and obey. The Levitical law demanded in, in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves and ye shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Possibly they're following the Nazarite vow. We find this in Numbers chapter six where they're, they're commanded to, to abstain from any type of wine or strong drink. And, and, and notice this, that God blesses their determination. Look with me in, in, in uh, verses 19. We're fit, we're just, again, we're taking a high-level view of this. Daniel Purposen's heart, the eunuch says, uh, the, the, uh, the, the man in charge of them says, you know, I don't think this would be a good idea. And Daniel says here in verse number 12, he says, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, 10 days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee in the countenance of thy children, that either portions kings meet, and thou seest, uh, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So the Bible says he consented, he consented to the matter, and he proved them ten days. At the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fair, fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children that did eat of the portion of the kings meet. I just wonder what that conversation would have been like in the cafeteria. As they looked across the, the, the room and they saw some of their other Jewish brothers eating the king's meat and drinking the king's wine. Now, maybe, maybe, they didn't take, maybe they didn't take the Nazarite vow, but certainly they would fall under the Levitical law. That would have been the case. So no matter what others did, they did not. They were determined, determined to trust and obey. And God blesses this. Look with me in verse number 19. Verse number 19, the Bible says, the king communed with them. This is after a three-year period. And among them was all found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. 
We really can make a difference for the gospel if we purpose in our heart to be holy. I, here's what I would say. I would be determined to say, I can be holy. First Peter chapter one tells us, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as they which have called you, excuse me, as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. He was determined. No matter what others do around me, we're not talking about just the pagan culture. We're talking about some of the other Jewish children that were taken to captivity. No matter what they're going to do, I'm going to do what I know is right. Can I just settle that in my heart today if I'm, if I'm a believer? I don't know what, what, what problems you may, be going, you may be facing. I don't know what temptations may be coming into your life. But I promise you this, if you walk out of here determined that I'm going to just do what is right, then the, 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 God will bless that if you'll follow through on that. Be determined to trust and obey. Be determined because we can make a difference by being holy. Notice here in chapter two, look with me in verse number 48, how where Daniel was promoted in verse number 48 of chapter two. The Bible says here, the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over all the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. We see here that Daniel was promoted, in essence, because God allowed him to do what other people could not do. The king has had a dream, and he doesn't really understand what's going on in that dream, and he, and he asked his astrologers and his magicians if they have an answer, and, and he kind of throws a little bit of a fit. He threatens them with all their, with their life if they, don't, if they don't give him an answer. Look with me here that in, in uh, verses 10 and verse number 11 of chapter 2. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean, as it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the kings, excuse me, before the king, except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. God allows him to do what others could not do. Daniel is determined, he's, listen, he's determined to pray. The word gets back to Daniel that this is going to be the case, and all the all the astrologers and all the all the uh, uh, the leaders in this in this in this area are going, are going to be killed if they if he can't get an answer. Look with me in uh, verse number eighteen. Actually, let's look at verse seventeen. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known unto Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah his companions that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. That, that, that's their introduction for their prayer, their desire for prayer, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, and Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep secrets and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. 
We see here that God allows him to do things, something that others could not do. He was determined to pray, and God blesses his determination. We see that at the end of the chapter in verse number 46. The king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto them. And the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and Lord of, uh, Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. Seeing thou couldst reveal this secret, then the king made Daniel a great man, gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. We see here that Daniel is promoted. He's, he's determined. He's not just determined to be holy. He's determined to pray. When faced with an impossible situation, he does not run around. He does not, he does not seek to manipulate. He does not seek to, to conjure up his own answer for, for what, the, what the situation might be. No, no, he, he, he fell on, the, on his face before the, for, before, before the God of heaven. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you today that we can really make a difference for the gospel by desiring the mercies of the God of heaven as we pray and have a godly influence towards those around us. Jesus would say it like this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your heart so shine, excuse me, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I don't know what, what, what's gonna happen in our future here in, in the near future with everything that's going on around the world and things that are going on with this upcoming election and all, there's, there's always something going on, but we know who holds the future. And Dan, Daniel comes, Daniel bows before the God of heaven. God, you have, you have an answer for this and Lord, we need to hear from you on this matter. And I just wonder sometimes if maybe God's teaching us as believers today in, in 2023, instead of looking to Google for our answers, instead of looking to YouTube or social media for our answers, maybe it's time that we just seek the God of heaven and seek his great mercies on these situations. Maybe it's time that we say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be holy and I'm, going, I'm determined to pray. I'm determined to get to the throne of God because this situation demands it. We really can. We, I believe with all of my heart. We really can make a difference. Look with me in chapter 3 and verse number 30. We're moving very quickly through the first six chapters here. Chapter 3, look with me in verse number 30. We find here that Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are also promoted. The kings, and then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are their Babylonian names to the province of Babylon. Well, why is it that they would be promoted? Well, you'd probably know the story. Look with me in, chapter, in verse number one of chapter three. They refused to bow while everyone else did. Nebuchadnezzar, the, verse number one, made an image of gold whose height was three cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits and he set up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together princes of the governors and the captains and the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the, province, the princes and the governors and captains and judges, treasuries, this whole crowd, they all come together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time you hear the, the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, the same, uh, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, what time they heard, all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, all these instruments. All these people fell down and worshipped in the golden image that the king had set up. Now watch this. Get this in your mind. Again, we're not told how many, 
how many were taken captive with them. We kind of, most, most Bible commentators or scholars or theologians, um, maybe the guy at the bus stop, he'll probably tell you that, that Daniel wasn't in town that day. Okay? He, he must have been somewhere else out on business taking care of some other things. Otherwise, he probably would have been right there with uh, Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah. But get this in your mind. They've, they, they say, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And if you don't do this, here's, here's going to be the consequence. Here's the consequence. Now, we just, we just uh, uh, preached in our, our uh, first or third grade chapel the other day. We talked about what it means to trespass. And... Um, we have up there in the fellowship hall, beautiful tile up there, and there's a carpet in the front. And I tried to explain to the children, I said, listen, a trespass is, is, when, is when you know there's a boundary, when you know there's a boundary there, and you know the consequences of crossing that boundary. You know what's going to happen. And you decide to cross the boundary anyway. That's a trespass. You weren't deceived. You weren't, uh, this wasn't where you were just casual. You just kind of, kind of just uh, lackadaisically walking along and not really paying attention. No, 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 no. There's a line there. There's a line there that's been drawn and, and, and uh, the consequences of crossing that line have been clearly communicated. And, but yet in your heart, you decide I'm going to cross that line. That is a trespass. And the, and the Lord deals with that in the, for the children of Israel. Well, in many ways, in many ways, much like the devil, he likes to copy things that we do. And in many ways, he does the, kind of the same thing here. He says, listen, here's, here's a line here. We're drawing a line in the sand here. You, you, you Jewish children that have been taken captivity, you've learned our language, you've learned our cultures. Now it's time to act. We're going we're gonna to worship a false idol. And you have to worship that false idol. And if you don't worship that false idol, this is the consequence. Into the furnace you go. Right? So, so that's, that's, that's the consequence that's laid out. But notice this, notice this, no matter, no matter what other people are doing, no matter what other people are doing, they refuse to bow while everyone else did. Look at it, look what it says there in verse number 12. Uh, verse number 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the prince of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden images which thou hast set up. Hey, there's a, there's a problem here. Why? Because they are determined to trust and obey. Look at verse number 15. The king gives them another, another chance. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom ye serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. No matter what everyone else is doing, we're not going to do that. And we understand here, they refuse to bow, they're determined, they're determined to trust and obey, and, but yet, and, and we see here that God, God blesses their determination. Look at verse number 28. Verse number 28, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trust in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Here's a pagan king making a decree that every people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
in the province of Babylon. They, they had no indication that God, was, that God was going to reward them. They had no indication that God would actually show up in the fire with them. The Bible tells us, if you go back and read the account, the Bible tells us that, that even the, the men who threw them into the furnace, it had, been, it had been heated seven times hotter. Even those men died. And when they come out, their clothes weren't burned, and neither did they smell. Neither did they, did they smell like fire. God blessed their determination. We really can make a difference for the gospel by not going along with the current culture. Instead, choosing to honor our God in all things and give him the preeminence in our life. Colossians says here in verse number 16 of chapter 1, For by him, Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. You know what that word preeminence means? It means I want to put God at the center of my life, not merely just the first part of my life. We have a natural tendency in our, in our, in our human behavior that when we, we put God just first in our life, we kind of make a checklist out of it. We say, well, you know, I, I did the God thing this morning. I had my coffee in Jesus. I did, I did my devotion time. I'm, I'm good to go. Now I can just, just you know, try to take things I've, I've learned here and try to live it out. What, what Jesus wants, he wants the preeminence. He wants to be at the center of your decisions. He, want, he, he wants you to be thinking about him when you're at work and the culture is nipping at your heels and, and trying to get you to do things that you know are not right. He wants to be at the center of your thinking when you look around, maybe even at some other uh, Christian brothers and sisters in Christ that are just struggling on some areas in life. And, and he wants you to recognize, hey, you need to stand up for what you know to be right. Amen. Be holy. Be determined to pray. Be determined. Be determined to trust and obey. In many ways, in these first three chapters, I think these first three chapters are preparing Daniel for chapters four through six. And we see a familiar pattern that unfolds. There's a testing or there's a trial. They're determined to trust and obey. God is glorified and their faithfulness is rewarded. And I think it kind of serves as a model for us. Look, look with me in chapter four. In chapter four and five, we find that Danan, uh, excuse me, Daniel is, uh, pronounces judgment uh, to the kings. These are kings that he's working for. These are pagan kings that have taken him away captive. We don't have time to read the whole account, but the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar here has a vision. And look with me in verse number one of chapter four. And to all the people, nations, and languages, Nebuchadnezzar the king, all people, uh, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show you signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. He's going to be singing a different tune here. He gives, he gives this dream, this vision, and he asks for someone, he asks for someone to, to, uh, to uh, interpret the dream. Look at verse number 18. This dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, that's Daniel, declare the interpretation thereof. For as much as all, uh, all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Look at Daniel's response here in verse number 19. He was astonished for one hour, and his, his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. Hey, listen, I've, I've kind of got some bad news for you. 
this is really a, a help to your enemies. This dream is not, is not really a good thing for you. God's gonna show you what's gonna do. He's gonna judge you for your pride. And you're gonna be, you're, you're gonna be brought low because of what's gonna happen. And that's exactly what happened. And ultimately, ultimately, God is glorified. At the end of the chapter, we see that Nebuchadnezzar turns his heart to the Lord. In verse number 35 here, he says, All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and doeth nothing according to his will and all the army of heaven among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? He's talking about God. At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and my, and my excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth, and all his, his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride is able to abase. Well, how is it that he was abased? Well, if you look at verse number 30, he got puffed up with pride. He says that I might, uh, he said, and the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the uh, might of my power and for the, uh, the honor of my majesty? And the Bible says, while that words came out of his mouth, God smote him and God judged him. Daniel had to, had to pronounce judgment. D D Daniel even, even has to now pronounce judgment to Belshazzar, the king's son. We see that in chapter five, there's a, there's a, they're having a party. They're drinking out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the silver and the golden vessels that were taken uh, from, from the temple. And while they're having this party in verse number five, in the same hour of chapter five, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and rode over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his, lo of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against the other. He calls for the astrologers. He calls for the wise men. Nobody, nobody can give an answer. Someone says, hey, listen, let's call for Daniel. Look at verse number 11. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. This is, understand this, this is a man who has been determined to be holy. He has been determined to pray. He has been determined to trust and obey in the midst of a, of a pagan culture, in the midst of even, even some of his own Jewish brethren not following with him. This is, this is the reputation that he has. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king, I say, thy father made a master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. And he does. He reveals the interpretation we see that interpretation uh, uh, re revealed here in verse number uh, 22. Daniel comes, he stands before uh, Belteshazzar. And thou, his son, uh, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart. Though thou knewest all this, and he, he just recounted the previous verses, everything that happened to his own daddy. Everything that happened to Nebuchadnezzar, he recounts it. He says, listen, even, even though you knew all of this, you did not humble your heart, but has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. And he goes on to, to interpret the, uh, the, uh, the writing on the wall. Look at verse number 25, excuse me, verse number 26. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. 
Verse 27, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Verse 28, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So this, all this comes to fruition. So what do we learn from that? Well, we learn from this that we really can make a difference for the gospel and speak the truth in love. Daniel had to have courage. He had to have courage to speak up into two kings, into two leaders. Listen, as believers today, this is not a time for us to be sending mixed messages. This is not a time for us to, to be alienating ourselves from people who need to hear the gospel, for people that God is bringing into our pathway to give the gospel to. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If you, you and I today are going to be marked as believers, marked as a follower of Christ, a Christian, then we too, we too will be full of grace and truth. The Apostle Paul would write to the church in Ephesus, speaking the truth in love. We can certainly do that. Notice here in chapter 5, God prospered. Excuse me, God prospered Daniel. Look with me in chapter 6. Excuse me, chapter 6, look at verse number 28. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Now you know this story in chapter 6. He continues to do right even though he faced opposition. Daniel, there's been a decree has been made uh, from other, uh, uh, other people that are jealous of, of, uh, of Daniel's position. They're envious of his position. Look at verse number, uh, verse number three. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So word is getting, getting around that Daniel is going to be uh, the number two guy in charge of everybody, even these other princes and other, other rulers and presidents. And they, they faulted against him. They, excuse me, they, they conspired against him. Verse number four says, they could not find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or, or fault found in him. Then they said, these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. I think you know the rest of the story. They, uh, they, they make a decree and they say, hey, king, listen, if anybody asks any petition of anyone other than you, let's, let's throw them in the den of lions. And the king signs it and he seals it. And because of the law, the Medes and the Purge, that, there's no, there's, you can't change it. It's already done. And Dan, the Bible says here in verse number 10, Daniel knew. Daniel knew the writing was signed. He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber uh, toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. We really can make a difference for the gospel by being steadfast and faithful. You know the story. Daniel gets thrown into the fiery, uh, excuse me, Daniel gets thrown into the, uh, uh, the den of lions. Darius, Darius here has some, he has some faith. He trusts God. Look at verse number 16. The king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said to Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver. You say, wait a minute. How is this that one man could make a difference? Because Daniel was purposed in his heart that he was going to be holy. He determined in his heart that he was going to pray. He was determined that he was going to trust and obey. And he made an influence on, 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 a, on the heart of a pagan king. This king is, in essence, is saying, listen, Daniel, I don't know how, but God's going to take care of you tonight in this den of lions. I don't know how it's going to happen, but Daniel, you stood for God, and God's going to reward that. And certainly, God is, Daniel is rewarded for his determination. Look with me in verse number 19. The king arose very early in the morning and went in, and went in haste under the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he, he cried with a lamentable voice on Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel to the king, O king, live forever. 
My God hath sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me for as much as before him his innocency uh, was found in me, and there also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. God is glorified. We really can make a difference for the gospel by being steadfast and faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. You say, well, that's a, you left out a whole lot of details about these stories. I understand that. I just want to look at some, some early uh, uh, times of Daniel's life and look in the fact that he's living in a pagan world. He's living in a, in a culture that's, that's, that's counter to everything that Daniel knows to be true about the God of heaven. But yet Daniel purposed in his heart to be holy. Yet Daniel purposed in his heart to trust and obey. He purposed in his heart that he would continue to pray. And I'm just telling you today to your church family, no matter what goes on in our world today, we cannot be overcome by what's going on in the news. We cannot, we cannot be de- uh, deterred from what God has called us to do. We still have an obligation to glorify God in our own personal lives. We still have an obligation to get the great commission to the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world around us. If there's ever been a time that we ought to be more fervent about the things of God, it's now. We can see God's time clock is ticking faster and faster, and we can see this end is coming to the end is coming near. And we must, we must be steadfast. Now is not the time to compromise. Now is not the time to, 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 to let the culture influence us. We need to stand up for what we know to be right. When you go to the ballot box, you need to vote some Christian values, some things that you know to be true in God's word. The value, the sanctity of life. That ought to be something that you, that you put your name behind and you vote on it. I'm going to help do my best to protect life. It doesn't matter what, we, we wonder the mess that we're in because there's been such a devaluation of human life. It's no wonder that no, people have no problem just doing, just doing some of the heinous crimes that we see on, on American streets today. We need to. We need to stand for what's right. We need to know, continue to do, be determined to know and do what we know is right. I don't know if I said that right, but I think you kind of get the idea. Daniel made a difference. He made a difference in the life of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He made a difference in the life of the King Nebuchadnezzar. He made a difference in the life of Darius. He had, he had a gospel influence in their lives and countless others. Hebrews would record this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. He says, what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to, uh, to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and uh, Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Who, watch this, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. I'm troubled by what I see on the news. My heart is broken. There's, there's, there's uh, 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 lost people on both sides of these conflicts in, in, in Ukraine and in Israel. There's, there's lost people on both sides. And they're being ushered into a devil's hell. Troubled by it. It makes a resolve in my heart, in my life, to want to live more for the Lord. Now's not the time. Now's not the time to be, to be compromising. Now's not, listen, now's not the time to acquiesce to culture. You say, well, it's so strong. The pull of the world is so strong. How strong do you think it was for Daniel? He didn't have a church service that he could go to three times a week. By the way, you do. 
How strong was it for Daniel? He didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God as a believer, as a blood-bought child of God today. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. We have been given so much. We too, we too can be like Daniel. We too can make a difference for the gospel. One person in this room can make a difference for the gospel. And would to God, I would be that one. Would to God, you would be that one. I ask you to take this, this message personally. We'll finish here. Look at chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9. Don't get nervous. We're not getting to all the prophecy stuff. There's some deep water there. I'm going to avoid that, kind of stay in the shallow end this morning. Look at Daniel chapter 9. We find here a prayer of Daniel. We don't have time to read the whole thing. I just want to highlight a couple of verses here. He says here, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God, belong mercies and forgiveness. Hallelujah. Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his ways, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. The prayer continues, but I want you to skip down to verse 17. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is in, des that is in desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open mine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O oh my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. We see here Daniel's prayer. I believe God blesses Daniel's prayer, and I think we see, we see here the key to Daniel's life in the next chapter. Look at chapter 10. I want you to see this, and we'll finish with this. And we'll make some quick application. Daniel chapter 10, look with me in verse number 11, verse number 12. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. In short, God says here, listen, Daniel, you've been determined. You have concluded. You, you have decided. You have a fixed resolve. You have a firm or fixed purpose. You have manifested a firm resolution. Well, what, what was it? He set his heart. That, that phrase here, set thine heart, that we see in verse number 11. 
We have set thy heart. It says here, excuse me, verse number 12, uh, that thou, uh, from the very first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand. That word set thine heart, it means to give or apply the will or the intellect, the center of our being. He says, Daniel, you have set your heart. You, you have applied your will to understand my ways. You've chastened yourself before God. That word just simply, that phrase means to, it means to abase. It means to, uh, to afflict or to pay attention and respond. Could it be that God's calling upon us to set our heart? To, to, to give our heart, to apply our will and our intellect, the, the center of who we are, our being, to set our heart to God, to give our heart to God? Could it be today that God's calling the Cleveland Baptist Church that we might uh, chasten ourselves before God, that we might uh, afflict ourselves, abase ourselves, and pay attention and respond to what God is doing? We really can make a difference for the gospel, even in this day and time, even with all the nonsense that's going on all around us, even with the culture of this world knocking on the doors of our church. The Bible says in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. I can make a difference for the gospel. I can be purposed in my heart. I can be determined to be holy, to trust and obey, to pray, to speak the truth in love, be determined to, to set my heart to understand the things of God, to be determined to, to chasten myself and, 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 and to see and respond to all that God has for me. One of the um, biblical counseling ministries that we follow, Dr. Terry Coomer, he always uh, has this phrase in any uh, paper or book that he writes or anything that he posts. He says here, we, we seek to help people to move out of a feelings-dominated, emotion-controlled life and into a controlled by the Holy Spirit. So what does that have to do? Well, no matter what was going on around Daniel, he was purpose in his heart. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to think right, and I'm going to do right. I don't know about you. I don't know if you trusted Christ as your Savior. The very first thing you could do of thinking right and doing right would be to trust Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here today. You've never, you've never trusted Christ. You don't know what it means to purpose in your heart. You don't know what it means to trust and obey. You don't know what it means to, to pray or to speak the truth and love and, and to be involved in the gospel. But the gospel has reached your heart this morning. In just a few moments, we have a time of invitation. That's really a time for people to be up front. And if folks want to come pray, pray by themselves, they can come pray. If, if someone likes to pray with a, a, a counselor down here, we'll have people pray with them. And, and maybe, maybe if you're here today, you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can come talk to someone and they can open God's word and show you how you can be saved today. Today could be your day of salvation. We want to give you that opportunity. Maybe, maybe there's some things for you as a believer today. There's some things that you've, You've kind of let, uh, let go. Maybe there's some things that God's calling you back to, that God's asking you, God's, God's telling you, hey, you need to be more determined in this area. You need to be determined on the friends that, you've, that you're allowing so much uh, to, to influence you. you. You need to be determined to start making some more godly decisions at your place of work. You need to be determined to start making some more godly decisions of, of the entertainment that you allow into your heart and into your life. You need to be just a little bit more determined to be faithful in praying and looking around this world and seeing everything that's going on around us. We're not to respond in fear, but we're to pray. Seek the God of heaven. Seek the mercies of the God of heaven. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?